This is the Shift Podcast. Thanks for checking out the Shift Daily Podcast. On this episode, we connect with Steve Stebbing, letting us know what movies are necessary for this weekend. He highlights Boss Level and a bunch of other horror movies. A music industry expert, Eric Alper, highlights the Juno Awards and what the future of touring concerts might look like here in Canada. And are you okay with Mother's Day? How about a vibrator necklace worth a lot of money? That's a real thing. Classiest, best intro in all of radio. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's uh, deserved, well deserved. As Steve is back with us, as uh, he makes an appearance on the shift once a week. Steve, it's nice connecting with you again. It it's really nice to hear your voice, John. Yeah, man, it's been a little while, and uh, mm-hmm. we had good chats about uh, video games that get turned yes. into movies, and uh, some of the yes. soundtracks from all that. But here we are with another edition of <laughs> What the Hell Should I Watch? And so let's get right into it, Steve. We got some new releases coming out, and starting from the top of that list, Boss Level. That's uh, always exciting when you're playing a video game, but does it pan out on the screen? Uh I was okay with it, honestly. Uh, and I mean, if you look at like the Rotten Tomatoes meter and everything for it, it's not, it doesn't trend at like a great level, but I mean, it's Frank Grillo, uh, who is like, uh, those who know action movies know this guy and know that he delivers. Uh, I mean, if you've seen The Grey or the second Purge movie or mm. uh, the what second Skyline movie. Uh, but I mean, this is like a Groundhog Day type of story where he's reliving uh the day he dies over and over and over again uh and i mean just to see him know his day inside and out and be able to dodge bad guys and everything just with that pre-knowledge is just set me up with this action movie glee that i i really loved throughout the whole movie uh and then naomi watts is in this one to give it some like of that uh heavy acting like uh gravitas as well and then mel gibson and i know it's a dicey thing to talk about mel gibson but he's the villain in this one and he is doing this role with such an interesting delight that it's uh it's this movie is just so much fun to watch. It's just one of those turn your brain off and just watch the action and the explosions and the bullets and the violence go down. And it's just, I mean, it's just a fun time at the movies. I totally agree. And I think with Mel Gibson, you know, we will probably see him being embraced by the public again at some point because it always mm. seems to turn out that way. I know he's had some controversy in the past, but for sure. if he, for example, just totally you know, dives into the ability to become a regular villain, he's got the mm. chops for it, obviously. Uh, and I, I'm on the attitude that I would really like to see him direct another film because, uh, I mean, Trey Parker and Matt Stone said it on South Park, he may be insane, but damn, he knows story structure. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, let's take a listen here. This is Boss Level. The only woman I've ever loved and who can stop this is still alive. I have to get killed Hi, Roy. over and over again. Until I save her. I need to learn how to fight with a sword. I would only have a day. I think we can get a lot done in a day. 
someone's been the busiest little beaver. I like this because the premise reminds me of that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like there's a lot of promise with a set with a um, with a storyline like this. Absolutely. And I will I mean, I will say a preface that Edge of Tomorrow is the better movie. Like I'm mm. not gonna I'm not gonna beat around the bush about that. But this one is from Joe Carnahan, uh, who did uh, Smoke and Aces uh, did the big screen version of the A-Team, uh, NARC. Uh, he's got a good handful of action moves. Uh, the Grey is another one. Um, and he kind of knows what he's doing when he's delivering to his audience. And I think Boss Level um, hits the bell every time, I think. Yeah, all right. It's one of those movies. Don't overthink it. Just enjoy it. Suspend mm-hmm. reality for a couple hours and uh, keep your expectations low. You might uh, enjoy it a lot. Moving along, we got another new release here by the name of In the Earth. Just from the title alone, this feels like a deep movie. Yeah, and it's weird, too, because uh, writer and director uh, Ben Wheatley made this movie during the pandemic. Uh, and it's actually about it takes place in a world where there has been some kind of like mysterious virus that has devastated parts of the earth but we don't get to see that because all of this movie takes place uh in the forest as a, a guy that freshly uh makes his way out to a camp there is sent with uh one of the kind of gophers to uh go get some equipment from deeper in the forest and they find uh something that may have set off the whole thing and uh, no big actors in this, unless you're uh, big into British television. Uh, mm-hmm. Joel Fry is in this, uh, who is a comedic actor I absolutely love. And uh, Reese Shearsmith, uh, who, if you're deep into uh, British television, you may recognize him from uh, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen uh, comedy show or uh, Psychoville. Uh, and just a creepy movie with great music by Clint Mansell that just keeps the atmosphere constantly in your ears uh it's definitely tripped out and psychedelic and it's going to appeal to a real niche audience but it definitely plays on the thriller side of horror more there is some definite squeamish parts in this movie though all right let's take a listen this is in the earth you're worried she's gonna get you yeah who is it it's a local folktale she's the spirit of the woods Wake up. Something's there. Listen. Someone's watching us. Okay, that's already pretty creepy. Now, when you mentioned Clint Mansell, in the back of my mind, I knew that Mm -hmm. sounded familiar, so I gave it a quick search. Requiem for a Dream, an incredible soundtrack. So that's got me pretty excited already. Absolutely. And Clint Mansell has, uh, I mean, his contributions to uh, films that, like you've mentioned that he did with like Darren Aronofsky, because he's done more than one. Uh, and he's done most of Ben Wheatley's films as well. He is like, uh, I mean, a main bullet in the chamber uh, of these great films. And, and uh, uh, he, he's definitely an argument for the like, really, what does music add to, to a movie? A lot. And I mean, he's just an absolute clinic of that. 
Yeah, the music, you know what? If you have the right composer, it adds so mm-hmm. much more to any movie, any TV show for that matter. So glad to see uh, Clint a part of this one. Uh, we got another new release to talk about here, this one called The Banishing. Uh, is it also a little spooky? Yeah, this one's uh, this one's a, like a, a ghost story, uh, but it's a period piece film. It comes from Christopher Smith, uh, who did uh, the Sean Bean movie uh, Black Death, probably about eight years ago now, uh, as well as a, a hilarious dark uh, comedy horror called Severance. Uh, but he goes very traditional for this one, uh, basically following uh, a man and his family that go to uh, that move to a uh, a an old uh, house in England in the 1930s uh, kind of taking over as the, uh, the pastor of the town. Uh, But then he starts to realize what happened to the last pastor of the town and, and why he was rushed in so quickly. Oh, the mystery. All right, let's take a listen. It's the banishing. There has been a man seen in town this afternoon. He's a charlatan, a storyteller. He's dangerous. Well, he placed a young couple in that house. They shouldn't be there. Have you seen things in the night, perhaps? Heard whispers? You're talking about the voices? What did you hear? It was nothing. Oh, man. That, anytime I hear like a little girl screaming, that, that just, oh, it's always so creepy. You know, and and the biggest MVP in in a film like this is sound design, uh, and the banishing has it working for it so well. Also, I will like not to be spoilery, but you will be a little freaked out by mirrors after this movie. Um, and you know what? The people that already have Shudder and are already those horror fans are already in the know about the banishing because it already premiered this morning on shutter but those who don't have the series and love horror this is a great opportunity to get into it now i already avoid mirrors that guy in the mirror is uh, so scary to look at as it is <laughs> steve uh, moving along i uh, got some blu-ray releases to talk about this one called leap of faith william friedkin friedkin on the friedkin. exorcist i hope friedkin on the exorcist uh are, are just a lot of scary things coming out here Absolutely. And uh, honestly, I I mean, this one isn't playing to scare you um, because basically it's William Friedkin who directed The Exorcist. uh, And he's basically uh, in in an in-depth interview, uh, breaking it all down, breaking the themes down, breaking down what he was trying to say uh, with this with this film. What uh, Will and Peter Blatty, the guy that wrote the book and wrote the screenplay, what he was trying to say, the conflicts that they had in the construction of it. Uh, I mean, even the arguments that he'd have with Max Fancito on the set of how to do his performance, uh, or even grabbing a relatively unknown actor, Jason Miller, to play a very main role in this movie and even to the point of he's not even sure if the ending of his movie works and and the philosophy breakdown of that and uh, it's just such a fascinating look at probably the scariest movie of all time yeah, no, I think uh, you, you said it nicely there. I mean, it's a classic through and through, and getting a mm-hmm. behind-the-scenes look is always kind of interesting. Let's take a listen. This is Leap of Faith. And over the decades, it's been interpreted and reinterpreted. Mm-hmm. 
Many people look at the ending of the film as ambiguous. Doesn't appear to have been a problem for the millions of people who've seen the film. They accept what we showed. It asks for a total leap of faith on the part of the audience. Ooh, even the, even that violin is always so mm-hmm. creepy. So I think the it's a nice little tease there. That's Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on The Exorcist. Uh, moving into TV, this one called Wall Street, but it's spelt like Mark Wahlberg, and I suspect he's playing a role in all this. Yeah, and you you know when you see HBO, well, this HBO um, Max that's putting this doc this docu series out. At first, I was like, oh, is this like going to be the real life Entourage stuff? Because we do know at this point that Entourage was based on Mark Wahlberg and and his group of friends, uh, albeit loosely as the show uh, continued. Um, but this one's basically about uh, what this megastar uh, is doing now. He's got multiple businesses. He's got multiple producing ventures uh, in Hollywood and everything, as well as his own film work. But how is this all working uh, heading into the pandemic and then during the pandemic? Uh, and I know we're kind of fatigued with all this kind of stuff, but there's something about um, um, handling handling some of this Hollywood business that's still kind of fascinating. And I, I, I still uh, I'm, I'm pretty interested in in how they're able to keep that industry afloat and, and uh, to see it through Wahlberg's eyes is really interesting because I mean, since the guy became an actor uh, you know, his first major role being fear um, he's been a household name since before the two thousands. So to see where he is now is pretty fascinating. Absolutely. Yep. Loved his role in the departed. Rewatched that mm-hmm. again quite recently. It's always so uh, just so, so fun to watch. Uh, we are just up against the clock here, Steve. So we're going to move to your Blu-ray geek out for the week. And this one's called Cosmo ball. Give us the breakdown on this. <laughs> Yeah, this is a Russian film that's basically about uh, an an Earth that has uh, been ravaged uh, by an intergalactic war, and uh, now the the only thing that can bring the people together is this game called Cosmo Ball, uh, which makes it sound like uh, the Russians have been watching uh, James Conn's Rollerball too much and wanted to make something bigger and better. Uh, but basically, Cosmo Ball is. Uh, society's way of finding uh, the next champion, the next hero to hopefully uh, lead Earth out of its dark ages. Let's take a listen. It's Cosmo Ball. Stepping in here makes everyone nervous. You're not. The game is more dangerous than it may seem. All the hardships Earth faced are a result of the war with Cherno. We're about to go play football with what's essentially a nuclear bomb. And everyone else thinks this is just a game. Is that right? Pretty much it, yes. All right. That is uh, Steve Stebbing's Blu-ray Geek Out for the week. Check it out. It's Cosmo Ball. Steve, always a pleasure, my friend. Uh, I look forward to the next time we can do this. Thanks, John. That was fun. This is The Shift Podcast. Uh, There was a big announcement yesterday regarding the biggest music awards show in Canada. The 2021 Juno Awards has been 
postponed, which is probably not a surprise. But now we actually know for sure it was always going to be a virtual event uh, based on the reality of the world and how things are right now. But officials have decided it's simply for the best to push the award show by approximately one month. Touch on this. We are now joined by music industry expert Eric Alper. Eric, appreciate you giving us some time here tonight. Oh, no. Happy to do it. Now, of course, the big news of, uh, like so many things, uh, as a result of COVID-19, the 2021 Juno Awards have been delayed, postponed. It's going to be happening now on Sunday, June 6th. Of course, uh, it was originally scheduled to be happening in May. So what's your reaction to when you hear this particular announcement? Yeah, I feel really bad for all of the organizers of the Junos because this is the 50th anniversary this year. And I know that they've been working for years on on having the biggest and the best Juno Awards to date here in Toronto. Um, but I'm not surprised. You know, I've got a number of artists that were going to be a part of the Junos this year and they were looking to pre-taped um, their performance, but because of the recent changes that the Ontario government has put on everybody in the province with regards to how many people can be inside and how many people you can congregate with outside, it, it made no sense to even try to maneuver around it. And you have to plan this far in advance for for things um, even a month out um, because there's a lot of there's a lot of moving parts there's a lot of people that are involved with putting on an event like this and um, it just makes total sense now that they're moving it to June the 6th yeah I mean the 50th anniversary obviously that was going to be a big celebration I still hope that is what we've got planned in June as a result of them having to reschedule here but you know Eric I'm wondering over the past number of weeks and months we have seen award shows sort of lose their sizzle at least with American television ratings. You look at the Golden Globes, you look at the most recent Academy Awards, historically low viewership numbers. Is that at all concerning for the organizers behind the Junos? I, I, I think it's concerning for everybody that works in, in anything that has to do with entertainment, and that's including television, books, and movies. You know, what we're seeing, um, there, there, there might be a couple of reasons for that. The first is that I'm not entirely convinced that while we're all sitting at home um, trying to get through our days to the best of our ability, we really love watching beautiful people win prizes. Um, there, there seems to be a very big of a disconnect, even on social media, with um, celebrity influencers and very popular people kind of showing off a little bit about what their lives are like away from the doom and gloom and frustrating part about, you know, almost, you know, 99 percent of us just trying to get through our daily routine in one piece um the other thing is that it's those numbers are pretty surprising considering all of that that we've all been at home with essentially most of the time nothing to do except watch television so while certain shows like Shit's creek for instance or um the marvel empire has seen their viewership numbers go through the roof award shows just aren't getting that and i think the big reason for this year for the grammy awards specifically is this was really the first year that they weren't relying on older veteran heritage artists in order to drive that show there were certainly almost every single performance except for chris martin of coldplay might have been from this new generation of 16 to 30 year olds maybe performing for the uh, the grammys for the first time those audiences of those artists tend not to want to watch 
television because they're watching it on social media. They're watching it on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. They're talking about it in communities online. They're not necessarily watching it on television as it happens, like, say, you or I used to. I think those are very sound points. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. Streaming has become one of the biggest ways that anyone consumes media these days. So obviously when you try and look at the television ratings, it does not account for how many people are choosing to just go online and have a digital consumption. So there's uh, definitely some intrigue there. And to your point about those who might be feeling turned off by celebrities sort of congratulating themselves, it kind of reminds me back last summer when you might remember Eric Galgado. she created this uh, I guess montage of celebrities and musicians and actors and actresses who were singing John Lennon's Imagine do you recall and how that had such yeah. a negative backlash from the public on social media because it just seemed very tone deaf I think is the right term here yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because like a year ago, doesn't that seem like a decade ago? It seems like, oh, I remember that. It's like, what do you mean you remember that? That happened like last Tuesday. But yeah, I, I, I think that that shook a lot of people to the very core of, of how you stay in the public eye as a celebrity, where if you don't have a project going on or a new movie to promote, sometimes your team it gets you to just do things on social media so that you stay relevant, that you stay in the public eye. And certainly I think, you know, watching the absolute storm of criticism that day, um, you know, part of me felt really bad because it was like, well, at least they're trying to do something. They're trying to entertain. And who am I to say whether or not if they should be doing this or not, they wanted to do it, let them go and do it. But that's the way social media is now where, if people aren't happy with what you're doing, um, singing John Lennon's Imagine about no possessions and no religion, sitting in your, you know, $22 million mansion where, um, you know, a lot of people would just get lost in that during isolation period. Um, forget about living in a one-bedroom apartment. It, 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 you know, had a little bit of a, of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. And, and, you know, it was a trending topic, but for all the wrong reasons that the entertainers wanted it to be in the first place. Yeah, uh, very well said. And before we uh, move on to live music, quick thoughts on just the new, uh, Juno nominations. I know The weekend leads the pack. He's got six nominations. Justin Bieber, Jesse Reyes, J.P. Sachs also tied with five each. Any uh, particular artists you think will have themselves a big day once we, uh, once we eventually get to the Junos? Yeah, I think The weekend is going to clean up, but I wouldn't be surprised if J.P. Sachs suddenly comes along and, and picks up a couple of awards. A lot of Canadians may not know who he is, um, but their sons and daughters actually might. Um, the, you know, he's a great songwriter um, who's now living in L.A., who's collaborating with some of the biggest artists going today. So he's maybe not necessarily on the radio every couple of minutes like The weekend or Justin Bieber is, um, but he's certainly a little bit of a dark horse when it comes to picking up awards. But I think it's going to be the weekend's night. I think the the way that the voting process is working, I have a feeling that the, the Canadians and the, and the music industry here in Canada, the way that they voted was a little bit different than how the Grammy voters voted um, for the weekend, not getting a single Grammy nomination. It's going to be probably... At the year, at, at the end of the year, it will likely be Billboard's biggest song in music history. Uh, this week, it spent its 70th week on the Billboard Hot 100. That's the fourth longest in music history. I think that the Canadians and the Canadian record labels and the industry is going to well support him and well reward him for that.
Right on. Yeah, I hope that's certainly the case. Uh, we'll see what happens. Again, June is when the Junos will tentatively take place as a, as a result of the rescheduling announced earlier today. Uh, now, Eric, as of uh, this hour. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Who knows? Who knows? It could change by the end of the afternoon. You're right. Uh, but Eric, uh, while we have you here, you know, just your thoughts on how live music is going to look and feel once we get through this pandemic, because I, you know, I feel for a lot of artists, uh, we know that they perform because they love to do it. And there's no greater way to go and connect and feel one's uh, music and also just feel connected to your fan base than actually going on the stage, performing, and then having a chance to see everyone who's out there supporting you. What do you think that's going to look like now because i gotta tell you living in vancouver i miss the commodore ballroom so so much a little part of me is worried that maybe moving forward it's never going to be quite the same i agree with you i and and you know to 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 your words um that's why music and live music works really really well as a society because you get to look around and see that community of people who are all having fun at the same time psychologically it's a real good energy booster and a feel-good booster scientists have long known that seeing something happening in front of you affects the cortex of your brains and live music is certainly no different but i'm a little bit more pessimistic than i was um in the last couple of months you know places in vancouver and ottawa toronto montreal Halifax have seen a lot of venues close and may never Set to reopen up again but you know there was no guarantees that every major city in canada deserved to have a hundred places where you can see live music maybe now it's only going to be 50 or 60 places but you know i'm crossing my fingers and hope that you know the blues fest in vancouver and the jazz festivals in vancouver and victoria are still going to operate i'm not really so much worried about them i'm more worried about Canada being known as a full-on stop on people's tour dates, knowing that we could have some different restrictions than in other places in the U.S., meaning how do you actually start planning for a tour in another country with different rules, different regulations, different stages, where it's really hard to predict what's going on next week, as opposed to even trying to think about what's going to happen six months from now. So we may not see a lot of big tours and coming in from the U.S. or the U.K. For, for a number, couple of years, which might be a good benefit to Canadian artists willing to play across this country without having to leave it. Boy, I, I sure hope it's going to be better. Uh, but uh, it, what I've learned throughout the COVID-19 pandemic is to um, hope for the best, but essentially expect the worst, because that's kind of yeah. what we have here. Uh, Eric, I appreciate you giving us some time. He is Eric Alper, music industry expert. You can find his work online, thatericalper.com. Thank you so much. No problem. Thanks for having me. It's the Shift Podcast. Okay, let's bring in that wonderful chord. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Are you okay with going to the gym? Uh, no, eh. <laughs> I, here, here's my routine. I try to eat healthy and I walk a lot. That's mm. how I justify not going to the gym. I, I, I think it's great if you want to go and work out like that. My brother is an example, loves to work out. Mm. Uh, my partner, Laura, same thing. But me? I'm 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 comfy. I'm fine. I like that. You know, you got to pursue happiness in any way, uh, shape, or form. And if happiness to you is not going to the gym, I can't hate. 
you know, there's no right or wrong way to live your life. Brendan, what about you? You're 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 a little uh, like strong. I think you're stronger than both Ryan and I combined. Well, I, the, what the pandemic for me has really done it is made me so like workout self sufficient, and it's only been in the last like three months, maybe since New Year's, where I've started at home. I never used to do it at home before. I used to always think that I had to go to a gym. But I'm actually seeing better results at home, and I'm more disciplined, oh. and I'll and I'll do it because I I don't have to go far. See, I like that too. So uh, I I will admit I bought um, resistance bands, and you know there's so many different workouts that you can do with resistance bands. Like you can just use them straight up for um, any old traditional workout i guess but you can also get these little hangers that you can attach to doors and then all of a sudden it's like a rowing machine so i'm enjoying the heck out of my resistance bands and yes gives me flexibility to do it whenever i want and i don't have to be self-conscious of what i look like at the gym so all in all as you can tell based on my answers i don't go to the gym i think about going to the gym so that i can work out my mind it's a mental exercise but i don't actually go to the gym but are you okay with going to the gym a martial arts gym in Kelowna, now under investigation for its policies that are allegedly anti-mask and anti-vaccination. The website for Flow Academy previously stated that face coverings are banned in the martial arts school and that new memberships would be denied to people who have been vaccinated. Here's more from Jules Knox. That sounds crazy. Yeah, I, I don't understand the logic behind it. Just follow the rules and hopefully by soon we'll be over. Like, this whole situation will be over. Interior Health says the gym's rules are in defiance of public health orders that prohibit adult group activities. Well, if they're totally defying public health orders, they should be closed down. This isn't the first time the gym has been in trouble with authorities. RCMP say they were called to help ensure everybody's safety back in late February when Interior Health investigated the business for non-compliance. That time, the gym was slapped with a ticket and an order. As for the city, it says it can't revoke Flow Academy's business license because it doesn't have one. In the case of Flow Academy, uh, there's no business license to suspend, so uh, we did point out to them that they need to have a business license. The city says that was months ago, and the gym did apply for a business license this March. We, in fact, denied it for two reasons. One, because uh, we didn't uh, believe them to be in compliance currently with public health orders. And also, uh, they did not receive approval from Interior Health uh, to operate as they are. Flow Academy's website was later locked down and password protected. The business did not respond to multiple requests for an interview. Oh, boy. So, um, first of all, no business license? How are they even <laughs> operating, man? I, I was, yeah, you, you kind of need one of those. Hmm. A lot to unpack there. Wow. Yes. You know, you know like mentally, uh, I'm sure you guys have all seen Napoleon Dynamite. Like, I, I'm, I'm, in my mind, the guy that runs this gym is Rex Kwando. Rex Kwando. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And like, you know, he's legitimate. Yes, and he's got like that bandana on, and his pants are like the American flag split. Like, look, um, I, I, fun fact about me: I'm a black belt in Taekwondo. I haven't done it in a long, long time. But when I was cool. growing up, parents enrolled me in it. the The one thing about martial arts is that it's about like self growth, um, rules, respectful, like all these life lessons. Fundamentally speaking, if you're going to a martial arts academy. That is like anti-vax, anti-mask. Uh, that's not a martial arts academy. 
that is a snake oil salesman that is trying to just uh, swindle you. So don't do it. Don't give them your money. Because uh, like what? Are you supposed to karate chop COVID-19 so that it doesn't enter your body? <laughs> like, come on. what What is happening there? Um, so yeah, Interior Health declined an interview. They are saying in a statement they're following up on recent COVID-related complaints, consulting with the RCMP. It apparently was the number one story on Reddit's dumb story thread earlier today. Yeah, so sadly, this is not the onion. That was the top one of the whole day. We did it, Canada. <laughs> the whole world sees how stupid we can be sometimes. A lot of uh, Canadian stories have come up on like yeah. similar websites nowadays. So it's, uh, hey, you know, no bad, no thing, no such thing as bad publicity, right? That's what they say. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Uh, let's let's bring it back here. Are you okay? Ah, this is a big one. Are you okay with Mother's Day? Uh. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, of course. I mean, it's interesting. I don't let every day should be Mother's Day. Mom, like my mom is everything to me. Right. Like, but it's cool to take one day to be like, yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. You were right. Yep. Absolutely. Everything you said is completely correct. Here is money. Here are presents, chocolate, breakfast in bed. It's It's nice to give your mom that kind of a day. 100% agreed. I love my mom. She's my best friend. She's my uh, my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. Uh, Brendan, uh, well, I'm sure you you love Mama Kelly. I, I do. Um, she lives really far away from me right now. She lives in Florida, oh. so we're separated oh, by a closed international border. But <laughs> also the thing is, like her birthday and Mother's Day are, are very close, but not close oh. enough to where you could like combine them. Um, so it is a double shot in uh, early to mid spring for uh, appreciating <laughs> the mama for sure. Yeah, that's a, that's an expensive. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming it's like a week or two. So that's a yeah, that's a you know yeah. that's that's the way that fate kind of played out for you. But maybe it doesn't have to be money. Maybe you, maybe you can make her a card. I, I don't know. I'm terrible with this stuff, so don't take it from me. But are you okay with Mother's Day? Well, don't worry. Gwyneth Paltrow has got you covered for Mother's Day, and I can oh, no. already hear people groaning. Uh, the actress and business mogul's goop gift guide for this year includes a vibrator necklace no. and a $600 bidet. Wow. (laughs) I have a a terrible story to share about a bidet. Um, The necklace looks like a normal golden rod, but it can, uh, well, you know, it can can vibrate. It can turn on. It can, uh, yeah, split into six subsections, including a for your mom crew to ridiculous but awesome. Yeah, we did it. The present suggestions also include a fedora hat embroidered with the exact astrological positions of the moon, stars, and planets when your child was born for $2,575, a brand identity and design service for $700, and a luxury yacht trip to Croatia for $105,000. Goop is known for their quote-unquote wellness products like anti-vampire perfume, a vagina-scented candle, and now this. All right, so this is... Oh, boy. This is a vibrator. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's a great name, Smile Makers, and it's the tennis coach. Yes. 
The Smile Makers <laughs> is, a, is a brand of vibrators that we sell. We believe in women's sexual health. That one's the tennis coach. I think they also make the fireman and the millionaire. Oh, okay. Oh, so you think of your tennis coach. And yes. why, does, why does the tennis coach look a little bit like Bart Simpson uh, or Lisa Simpson? <laughs> Let's open it up and see what it looks like. Let's open it up and try it out. <laughs> oh, my wow. goodness. Gwyneth, so stop. Stop, At some please. point, I fully, ex- like, I, I keep expecting, uh, just out of the blue, for Gwyneth to be like, ah, you've all been punked. None of this is real. Thanks mm-hmm. for your money. But it, it just, it's not happening. So I'm led to believe this is a, this is a real business. These are real products. I don't know if it's actually about wellness, but... Uh, there you go. The most expensive, well, maybe that's not true, but a very expensive vibrator and uh, $600 bidet, the whole the whole deal for, for your mom because, well, just because. I don't, it's time I to don't stop. have any, yeah, I don't, ha- <laughs> I don't have a punchline for that. Yep. I, yeah, I, I'm done. I'm done and here. I think that's okay. <laughs> you want me to take a right. Are you okay? Yes, please. I, yeah, I got to take Okay, I got here. you. Woo. All right. Well, here you go. Are you okay? Are you okay with animal control? Uh, in theory, yeah. <laughs> Such a careful answer there from Brendan yeah. Kelly. Uh, yeah, if I get attacked from like a wild animal, I want somebody uh, who's trained to help uh, protect me and save my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They can rescue animals. They can, you know, remove certain animals that are, like you said, a nuisance. Um. But they're they're on call, and residents in Krakow, Poland, well, they called animal control because they were quote unquote horrified by what they believed was a monstrous creature. Krakow officials told a local newspaper that a woman was terrified by a quote scary creature that was sitting on a tree and disturbing the whole neighborhood. The caller was so scared that she couldn't describe the thing accordingly. She told them it was brown, and people were so afraid of it that they hadn't opened their windows for days. To the question of what animal she thought it was, she said she thought it looked like a lagoon. The rescuers think she might have been thinking of an iguana. (laughs) (laughs) This is real. (laughs) But what do you think it is? A brown creature in a tree? Hmm. Well, it turns out... It was a truly terrifying pastry. Any questions? Um, yes. Are you going to finish that croissant? Knock yourself out. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Officials found the brown animal and discovered it had no head, no legs, limbs, anything. Did smell good. This mysterious lagoon turned out to be a croissant that was thrown out of a window (laughs) and stuck in a tree that (laughs) terrified an entire neighborhood oh wow oh my goodness a croissant okay so it's a tasty surprise right did they they enjoy it afterwards i mean should you it depends i've had croissants can go rock hard really quickly that's That's true complaint with croissants honestly so if, if this is are you okay with croissants Absolutely. I'll take a croissant over a crepe any day. But mm. by the oh, yeah. time the rescuers took that down from the tree and saved that little old lady's life, it was probably you could have cut a diamond with it. Yeah, I I, uh, 
I, you know what? Nothing but empathy for the great people of Krakow, Poland. Look, it doesn't have to be a real threat for you to be scared. It doesn't have to be a dragon or a monster or a Komodo dragon beast, scary, scaly lizard thing. In some cases, you know, if you are a celiac, a croissant could be very, very scary. Yeah, that would be scary, yeah. <laughs> you might break out in hives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh, what I'm hearing about this, like what my takeaway is, the people of Poland are very innocent. Like if if, if a croissant is enough to terrify to the point where you shut your windows for days, um, I kind of want to live in Poland. Like if that's the scariest thing in your life for a week, I, <laughs> sign I, me I, up. Poland's gone through some stuff throughout history. Yes, they so have. It, yes, they cut have. Cut them some slack. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca.